I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Juice Nation Podcast. All right, what's up, Juice Nation? Welcome to the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. This is episode 30. We got a little stupid news for you this week. LSU post game. A little poll from that. The NC State pregame. The hoops investigation that's sweeping the nation right now, literally. And uh, <laughs> if we got time, we'll do some NFL. Joe, what's up, brother? What's going on, Sean? How you doing? Uh, drinking beers to Louisville Tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else would you be doing? I'm sure they're drinking too. (laughs) Yeah, they're drinking all right. Boats and hose. Boats and hose. All right. (laughs) So, uh, um, oh, I forgot to mention last week was my last week last weekend was my twentieth high school reunion. Believe it or not. So, (laughs) shout out to. I know some of them. Uh, or on the, the the Facebook page, so shout out to the uh, class of '97 from ESM. Uh, looked like a great time over there at the Dinosaur Barbecue. Not really. Uh, no, it's the right place to have it. It is. It is. If you're gonna do it, do it right. They did it right. That's for sure. So anyway, yes. shout out to them. I'm getting old. Um, so, oh, let's let's do this. Let's do let's do some stupid news. I'm gonna try to find a relatively stupid news story uh, every week. I'd like to keep it sports related if I can, but if we can't, we can't. Um, this past, if you didn't notice this past weekend, up especially up north, I know in Syracuse they had like beautiful weather. It was in the 80s, I think. And um, at Foxborough, they actually ordered double the amount of water that they would have norm- normally ordered. Uh, when it hit 86 degrees um, during the game, they actually ran out of water. So what they do? They sold tap water, sold tap water in plastic cups, sold tap water in plastic cups for four dollars and fifty cents because they ran out of bottled water. Is that not highway robbery or what? You sold city That's tap crazy. water. <laughs> Talk about price gauging. How do you even get that away be- with that? 
Um, I mean, not to mention, you could just take your old cup or bottle or whatever you had. And the tap water, I know it's gross, but the tap water in the bathroom is the same as the tap water, you know, behind in, in the concessions. It's the same damn tap water. Well, I'm sure people did that. Oh, yeah. But, geez, 450 That's ridiculous. Mm. They actually... Yeah, they uh, the Patriots acknowledged the issue, issue and uh, issued a statement apologizing. Said we apologize. That should not have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll and they'll never worry about it because it'll never be that hot again. Yeah, and this this time, you know, yeah, it's just ridiculous though. You know, I mean, I mean, you you got these people that are coming to these games. It is not cheap. It's expensive as no. hell to go to an NFL game. And yeah. season ticket holders, nonetheless, and you're gonna charge them four dollars, almost five. Call it five bucks. You're, you're gonna charge them almost five bucks for a cup of tap. Even water? if you call it four bucks, it's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, I don't even see. I it. mean, let's let's think about the uh, think about the lawsuit would be in their hands if you had people falling out. You know, is yeah. it worth that four fifty? Yeah, really. Let's think about the lawsuit. Give it away. Yeah, give it away. It's freaking tap water. Make them pay fifty cents for the cup or or whatever. Twenty-five cents for the cup. Yeah, but come on, have some. Yeah, have some damn cooth. Um, well, you know that's in, that's interesting too because I read an article saying that um, the LA Chargers, who moved from San Diego to LA, which I heard one thing where it's funny is a San Diego um, restaurant that said that um, it's a, a Mexican Hispanic restaurant that said they give away free tacos if the LA Chargers lose because they're upset that San Diego moved. And on top of that, they're playing up in Los Angeles in a soccer stadium, and um, they said that they were charged $100 for parking. $100 for parking at the stadium? And, and wondered why only 30,000 people showed up at the game. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. that's like a that's like a a a orange game at the dome. Yeah, and it's funny too because coming off of what happened this weekend, we won't get into it that far, but. If they say that the owners and some people in football don't care about money, so they keep losing ratings, and let's see what happens. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, we'll get into that. Unfortunately, um, the the knee, kneeling and all that stuff swept the um, the NFL weekend. There's not a whole lot to talk about in games. So uh, one nice upset that I that. I enjoyed, I guess, was was Bills Broncos, but maybe we'll get into that a little later. So, yeah, Syracuse, Syracuse goes to Louisiana, and um, they didn't look. They always start shaky. They didn't look spectacular. They ended up, <laughs> they ended up losing, but they really hung in there. They really hung in there. So they gave I mean, it a go. Yeah, there's no moral victories. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, but you know, you know, that you might as well have won. That's like a win for us. No, it's not like a win. It's exactly, literally, like a loss because they lost. They played good. I was impressed. They were within two points. They were within a field goal of, a, of taking the lead with like five minutes left, and you know they got burned. They got burned. Um, there was a couple calls. I'm not complaining about the calls because Joe and I, we talked about this. That it wasn't so much the calls as it was the time that it ran off the clock. That time ended up being absolutely precious towards the end on some of those calls. So a poll came out, and the poll is, they, they do these polls on Syracuse.com after the, all the games, and they want to know 
It's the faith poll, okay? How are you feeling after the loss? And 62.6%, patience is a virtue. I see progress. Now, this is my category. 21.82%, got to get wins, no moral victories. Uh, 11.7%, uh, hard to read, LSU is down this year. Um, and then, like, you're looking at, like, 5% of, of other stuff, some Paul McCartney stuff they keep putting in there. But anyway, yeah, uh, it's like, come on, dude, with the Paul McCartney stuff. We get it. Um, yeah, we get it. There's other stuff going on. Yeah, Whatever. yeah, okay. So, um, you know, patience is a virtue, virtue. I see progress. Well, we're four games in, okay? And um, it's not entirely that impressive. Um, although I thought they played great. I was really – the the all of all of the 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 aura of an upset was definitely there. Like it felt like it could happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in the um, the I see progress, have faith, and I'm a, I'm with you. I get it. The moral the moral victories. Babers said something about his post conference like you can't turn a corner in a program with a loss, and I get it. But there's a difference between going into a place like that and playing a uh, top twenty five ranked team and completely just not looking like you're supposed to be there, not looking like that's the place for you and getting killed. A couple of years ago, we lost this game 4-10. You know, but, um, you know, 40, I mean, we would have got blown out. And um, it looked like we, we, we belonged. I mean, our defensive line held their own. Our offensive line gave Dungeon enough time to make plays. And we just, we've beaten ourselves. You know, you can say we're 2-2 two and two and this and that, but it hasn't looked like we belonged. And realistically, we're just mental and critical mistakes away from being 4-0. So, like I said, we're 2-2, two and two, and, you know, you want to say it doesn't look too good. But in years past, there losses where it's like, okay, yeah, they're better than us, no doubt. Like, no chance we would have won this game. But you can't walk away from, from this game saying that in either of the games that we lost. So, um, I'm, that's where my category is at. So, I definitely right. see progress in. And, and, and seeing that game really – it kind of gives me hope against, you know, the other good teams that we're going to be playing um, along the, the season. So, well, I I I agree that um, you know I see I see progress. I, I can. You're in the majority. You're in the majority for sure. Um, and and you're a, an optimist in that sense. So, um. You know, they kept the, the rushing. We had been kind of killing it on rushing, even though it was Dungy racking up the yards. They pretty much kept yeah. him contained. Um, he didn't go anywhere. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the first game where he wasn't our lead rusher. And um, he had 13 carries for 24 yards. Uh, and, you know, um, not yeah. that that's a huge deal. He used his legs when he had to. Yeah, yeah. Not that that. Not that I think we, we need that, but just rushing in general. It opens up the field, obviously. So uh, he had 308 passing yards, which is pretty impressive. And in our defense, I thought was the most impressive part of the game, holding LSU to. I mean, I know it was 35 points, 35 points, but still. So. Yeah. Well, you take away some big plays. You know that interception in the first play of the game where they get an easy touchdown. Yes. And then they go and you know they score that touchdown right before half, and then they come out of half and they have that bomb. I mean. They scored on basically big plays. Only one time did they really sustain a drive and go down and score a touchdown. Um, and, I mean, we were driving. I mean, at that time, it was just pretty close because they slowed the game down. And 
but we we drove the ball thought our defense looked better we, we we pressured them and it was eventually it just came down to mistakes you know and again we talked about the ref stuff and i think it's hard to believe that they have LSU didn't have one penalty in the first half when I know for a fact I, I saw I saw some of my own eyes. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to, you know, but some of this stuff has got to be just taken away. I mean, a couple times, like we talked about, they stepped in and slowed us our offense down where Babers wasn't happy. There was one time I think we were going to go for it in fourth down and they didn't allow us to line up and stuff and, you know, done sliding and, and getting a knee to the head. We still care if it's on purpose or not, you know, stuff doesn't have to be on purpose to be a penalty. You know, another time a receiver caught a ball, I think Nike Johnson, and the guy ripped his helmet off. Nothing was called, but Nike Johnson's got to go out for a play. So there's just a couple things where, you know, if you're going to pull that upset off Valley, you know, um, you know, you, you'd like to see some of those calls. And obviously, I mean, we, we made some mistakes ourselves and, you know, Sean Riley dropped touchdown pass. I mean, I think that's one of the things that you need to do if you're going to go to a place like that is you need to put the pressure on them. Like, they led the whole game. So they, they play their game plan. They never had to catch us. That Sean Riley, if you would have caught that, they would have put us up 10-7. It would have put the pressure on them, and uh, they would have been chasing us. So, like I said, there's just little mental errors some big plays and maybe a little bit of help from the refs and, and and we probably would have won that game. I think there's no doubt in my mind anybody who watched that game start to finish, whether you're an SU fan or not, was more impressed with Syracuse than they were LSU, hands down. But again, like you said, there's no moral victories, and anybody who didn't watch that game is going to look at it, see the scoreboard, and be like, oh, well, LSU had a tough time, but they still won. So, Yeah, they still won. They get the W, and now conference play starts. Um I don't really know what else to say about that game. I thought it was it was a good game up until the end in, in, in last week. That's kind of what I wanted. I wanted to see a game. I didn't want to see him get blown out, and I didn't want to see him, you know, go out there and lay yeah. a big fat goose egg. So, um, you know, I guess it, it gives us hope now going into um, NC State to play. Joe, you're going to be there. Yes, sir. So. Um, now this is a team that just uh, pretty much just crushed Florida State. So, yeah. I mean, and I texted you. I texted you to get your opinion. I said, "Is NC State that good?" I mean, are they that good? Are they that good? Are they crushing Florida State good? Well, there is a reason why I thought that, that was going to be possibly one of our better chances of upsets, but I, I didn't really see them being this good, you know, and. I told you, listening to Sports Talk down here in Raleigh, they've been pumping them up to be pretty good. So, um, and they showed it, you know. But I think you have to also put into effect. I mean, there are in that game. Um, Miami versus not Miami, Florida State. Um, they hadn't played a game in 21 days due to um, due to the hurricane. And um, you know, you could have said they're a little rusty. Maybe some people had some family members and some stuff that they were thinking about as far as devastation and just what that brings to the table um, didn't look like they were there to play. But um, NC State, I mean, you can't use that as an excuse. NC State dominated them up front. And they came out to a good lead, and, and they held on. So. Yeah, and, um, you know, they, 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 they stuck it to them. So got another familiar face again um, for this game, George McDonald, our old offensive coordinator. Um, so... <laughs> Let's hope we can put that aside. Um, what about what about 
Ryan Finley. What do you think of Ryan Finley? I mean, he's got he, he you know, completion percentage is 74.2 and he's thrown for over 1200 he, yards already this season. Eight touchdowns. Yeah, they have an experienced line. They um they protect him well. They have a really good run game. Um they just have veteran experienced guys. I mean, this is kind of what happens when you see like Dave Dorn was a great coach from the Mac in uh, his fifth year. He was allowed to actually stay and rebuild and coach his players up. And and what you're seeing is you know you get dominant um, defense and offensive linemen. Uh, seven for the defense is very good. The offensive line experience. They got a great returning um, Hines and uh, Samuels. That decent uh, receivers. Um, they don't beat themselves um, like we have in the past. The two losses this season, so um, they're going to definitely be a, uh, a tough out without a doubt. I and mean, I think we started. I think we're a twelve and a half point underdog. Uh, that probably has a lot to do with the fact of how we played LSU. Um, and realistically, I mean, they are strong in the areas where LSU was not. So um, I'm really kind of hoping that maybe they come in, uh, come in a little bit over. You know, overhyped, and you know they're maybe a little bit over. Uh, just they sleep on Syracuse, basically. Is is kind of what I'm hoping. You know, they just beat Florida State, and now Syracuse is coming in. We beat them the last two, three years. Uh, no big deal. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But if they come with their A game, it's gonna be really, really hard to beat this team. Um, and uh, just another notable, uh, Kelvin Harmon. He was a former. Yeah. He was a former SU rec- uh, recruiting target too. Uh, yep. he's um, NC State's wide out. He's got 284 receiving yards this, se- this season. So, um, it's funny. They're, they're halfback, and their receivers have the exactly 284 yards this season. Um, yep. All right, well, what else to look for? What's their defense like? Um, let's see. Obviously pretty stout. Oh, yeah. They got a guy, uh, Chubb. Chubb, who, Bradley Chubb. Um, yeah, yep. That guy, uh, he's already got eight and a half sacks this year. Um, almost, I think, four tackles for losses, and, and he's getting double teamed every week as well. So uh, they're making a big deal about the D tackle or the D lineman, I should say, from um, LSU, Arden Key. Um, but uh, I think this guy's probably a little bit better. Um, and again, like they have an experienced front line offensively and defensively. They got a solid um, linebacker who don't miss too many tackles. So, um, I mean, they can get they can put pressure on a quarterback without having to blitz too much and um, keep some of the D-backs and safeties, you know, man-to-man like we had the to D-backs. last week, which is why we... What you calling the D-backs? Yeah, we got D- <laughs> D-back, D-back, safeties, corners. That's what killed us last week. I mean, we had to yeah. rush and blitz. We had to rush and blitz our linebackers and give them certain schemes. And a lot of times our guys were man-to-man, and that's really where they beat us deep on some big plays. And um, that's probably going to have to be the same situation this year or this week. And um, and they're definitely going to be able to get pressure on us without having to rush as many as well. So. So we got a good game plan. That's for so sure. Remember those names. Remember those names. Kelvin Harmon, obviously uh, Jalen Samuels, um, Chubb. Nah, Nike Hines, I think his name is too. Okay, uh, Chubb. Brandon, he's a, he's Chubb, like a Ryan slot, slot. Yeah, he's a slot receiver that um, 
they'll give him uh, some runs, some jet sweeps, and uh, he also goes out and catches balls too. So they're a dangerous team. Now, Finley, like you said, um, he's yeah. just really, really efficient. Doesn't take a lot of uh, chances. I don't think he, he has an interception nope. this year. Zero. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he doesn't take a lot of chances, and he's going to take he's what good, the defense he's, gives him. He's a good pocket quarterback. Yeah. He's, he's being looked yep. at by, um, you know, the NFL pretty tough. So, you know, if you put numbers up like that. Then yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, you, you mentioned um, Hines, 4.7 yep. yards per carry after four games. That's that's stout. That's really stout. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your thought, I mean, though? You know, what's your thought? What's your thought on, 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 on now? Don't be a homer. Be honest with me. So, yeah, yeah. So, can can SU come out of this and go go three and two as we start conference play? I mean, they, they this is kind of a must win. If you're looking, if you just want to enjoy watching SU, that's fine and fantastic. But you know. That's settling. I mean, I want to go. I want to get a bowl game. At least get a bowl game yeah. and see what happens. I'd like to. So I'd like to. You still um, think this is? I think a, this is a this is a, a likely upset or a best shot actually at a at a good upset or what? It depends. Now that I actually <laughs> watched that game, I mean, yeah, you know, good. it fluctuates. I'm just saying, like, there's it's there's two different sides to the to the story. Either NC State is as good as they are which means that everybody underestimated him, which means all those other teams like Florida State or Louisville or Miami that I thought were, you know, pretty much conceived losses, um, that maybe they're not as good and maybe NC State's a little bit better and maybe looking back at it, I should have maybe picked Miami or somebody, you know, but, um, or, Florida State, again, like I said, the hurricane and everything and not playing for 21 days, they were a little, you know. That could very well be it. A little rusty and maybe NC State, you know, isn't as good as they showed against Florida State. So um, it's really hard to say, and I don't think we're going to get our answer until after Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, what time is the game? It's the afternoon game, right? 3 o'clock? 1230. Oh, it's 1230, okay. Yeah, it's 1230, so. And either way. It could be a situation where the only way they win is if they overlook us because of the big win last week. Yeah, well. Because we're, we're going to be salty about that loss. All our players, I mean, they left the, the Middle Tennessee State game thinking that we could have won and maybe they didn't handle the whole Schaefer thing emotionally and they made mistakes, didn't capitalize on turnovers. And then the same thing with, with, with LSU. I mean, in, in our players' minds right now, I mean – because of mistakes, and I mean they're good enough to be four now. That's that's what they're thinking. So depends on where they are mentally, and I think Babers is going to have them mentally ready. I think a lot of it has to do with where NC State is mentally. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. Um, so all right, let's go on to this a little. First of all, some basketball news. SU starts practicing this week, right? Is it this week or this Yay. weekend? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so they start practice, uh, and it, just when basketball season starts to uh, sh- to shape up, this investigation f- from the FBI, where you've got the AAU, the Amateur Athletic Union, uh, mingling with Adidas people, people from Adidas. And what they're doing is, and, co- and coaches, assistant coaches, yeah. 
And what well, the ski, it's, it's, it's deep. Man. It it's goes deep. deep. It's deep. That's right. So, what basically what it is is, and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, because you just got done reading about this. Yeah. Uh, the AAU was working with some of the recruiters through Adidas, and they would pay off the families to get these kids on teams that would that used Adidas gear. From there. Uh, when it was time for them to go into the NFL, they would be hooked up with certain agents that were guaranteed that prospect for the NBA. And um, even, I guess, even some coaches, assistant coaches, Tony Bland would be bribed, to, would be bribed, would be bribed. to, um, yeah. to, to, you know, take a bribe and, and put kids. these put yeah. these kids on their roster. So, what you. <laughs> Now with the with the Louisville thing, like we mentioned earlier, apparently that assistant coach was took like a hundred thousand dollar bribe for what's his name? Now this is speculation because all they did was describe um, Brian Bowen. Describe Bowen, exactly. So they there was there was a hundred thousand dollars exchanged for Bowen to go to um to Louisville. <laughs> yeah. So uh oh <laughs> Ricky Ricky Redbird Patino over there with his <laughs> yeah. active playing dumb. Now, I like Rick Patino. I think Rick Patino is a good coach. He's already under investigation for one thing through the NCAA. Now, this is a FBI. This is a federal investigation. This is not the NCAA. This isn't, you know, some sanctioning body. This is the freaking this is the feds, man. This is no jail time, brother. This is no joke, and this is going to be blown up pretty soon because we don't even know everything yet. And Adidas, oh, God. oh Adidas is in so much trouble. Rick Patino, I said he he's he's basically fired, but he, he's on. Bye, bye Felicia. Yeah, yeah. he's on <laughs> un, administrative unpaid leave. Right, that's what they're calling it. Yeah. He's effectively fired. He's they what what it is is they have to give him ten days to state his case. Are for you know his his side of the story to be heard before they say you're fired. What's going to happen is ten days from now, it, it doesn't matter. He's going to be fired. So, um, not looking good. And I mean, could Rick Pitino retire? I mean, he's got two national championships. I mean, he can retire. Um, I don't know if you can come back being as disgraced as he's made himself. I don't know if you can come back. He came back from no. impreg- he came back from impregnating a woman. Uh, having an affair with her and then paying for her abortion. Can he come back from this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad, dude. That's pretty yeah. bad. So, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's a different day and age now, man. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh, Ricky Redbird Patino, man. He's in he's in a world of hurt. The other school that Unless they just... Unless he dis- goes to the NBA. That's true. That's true. The, others, the other school that they described... Um, now we know Louisville's a lock. You know that's that one, um, that, but they described another one being out of Florida, and where everybody's assuming it's 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 Miami, and also Miami. yeah, and and I guess UNC may not have done no. anything. They didn't do anything, but they were being looked at. They were offered something, right, and they didn't take it. Is that the story? Um, well, UNC and Duke are Nike, and okay, I guess right. because. Yeah, there was a guy, a recruit, um, I think Nasir Little, and um, he's being recruited by UNC and Duke, and because, um, I guess, I don't know if it's because of AAU or whatever the deal is, but I, I read something saying how uh, 
Arizona and Miami were like basically in bidding wars because they're both sponsored by Adidas in bidding wars and how much money they're going to give the, the kid or the parents or whatever to keep them from rival schools that wear Nike. So, I mean, it's Arizona, it's Miami, it's South Carolina, it's Auburn. There's a lot of school. And honestly, I mean, there's, these, this, this is just the, this is just the top, you know, this is just the frosting on the cake. I mean, there's going to be a lot more names going to be a lot more kids, you know, and, um, this is not even close to being over. So yeah, Chuck Pearson, the assistant head coach of Auburn, was accused of taking ninety-one and a half thousand over the course of ten months to steer prospects at his, at his school to a financial advisor. Yeah, financial advisor in quotes. Yeah, right. Um, let's see. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> they were trying to erase a money trail, a $25,000 cash installment. Uh, uh, one of yeah. four scheduled payments delivered to the father of one of the high school players was provided by an undercover agent posing as a financial banker with the promise that Adidas would eventually pay the undercover agent back. At one point, yep. one, of the, one of the defendants was stunned to learn Adidas put $100,000 total payments on the recruit. So, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> and Adidas is like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. Dude, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars right now. And you don't know, Adidas doesn't know where that money's going. I mean, hello? Come on. Give me a break. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is how long has it happened? How long has it been happening? I mean, we're just talking about kids that are still being recruited. Yeah. You know, what's going to happen to the kids? Are these kids going to be deemed uh, ineligible from the NCAA? I mean, and that's the whole thing that's funny about, you know, I sent you um, the little flow charts there, and that's what uh, yeah. the FBI threw out there so they could kind of see where the money was going and everything like that. And it just seemed like everybody was getting money except for the kids. They were just getting pressured to make decisions that's, so that other people can make money. It's so, so it's like, pathetic. It's disgusting. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing is everyone, you know, we always talk about the NCAA and how disgusting it is and it's not for the kids. And the, I mean, this is definitely not even for the kids. I mean, this is... Even families, no, no, and, families not even for the kids. You know is, what I mean? This is, yeah, exactly. The families were so blinded by money. They're like, no, you're going to Louisville. I mean, look, this is another case for letting these kids be able to brand themselves. They're not even kids. I mean, they're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Why can't they brand themselves? I mean, why can't they set up an eBay page and sign stuff and send it or, or whatever? Set up signings, you know, sign hero cards like they do in NASCAR or whatever. I mean, I don't, what is the big deal? Who cares? No, well, I mean, it can even be deeper than that because AAU starts at such a young age. I mean, you get kids that, I mean, they get oh, recruited in scholarship offers four years before they're going to, three, four years before they're going to graduate high school. So, I mean, when you look at it, you're talking about freshmen, sophomores in high school who look at it like, oh, I can get my family this much money. And then you're talking about a kid who's getting, you know, a couple of G's thrown in a bank account. I mean, basically he gets money when he wants so he can go do stuff. And that's really all that kid cares about. But right. he doesn't really he's not, he doesn't have the know it all to see what he's actually doing for his future. Yeah, and his family doesn't care because they want the cash, and then everybody the above wants yeah. the future prospects of whether or not this guy's well. Well, if he turns in and he had goes goes to the NBA, then I'm going to make a whole bunch of money. So it's just everybody working with each other to try to get money, and it's pretty disgusting. It is disgusting. The defendants in the case viewed the players as quote unquote gold mines, hence the need to target and deliver them. Um, when they were in high school as sort of re reap once the players signed to a pro crunch contract. So 
Yeah, right. exactly what you just right. said. So they looked at these kids as a cash money and um, exploited them. As an investment. As an, an investment. investment, yeah. Not caring, not caring about the repercussions of the kids because now you're talking about high school kids who might not even be able to play college basketball. You know, you're talking about kids who might have to go overseas to play a year or just sit out a year and hope that they can get drafted, you know, and all these people who so and so, so forth are looking out for their best interests are just looking out for their own best interests. And it's like, again, it's we talk about the NCAA, and I think this is 10 times worse. And like you said, this is another reason why this won't go on. Well, it probably still will. But less of it would go on if the NCAA would just allow these kids to brand themselves and make some money. Yeah, if they could make because some they're money. bringing a lot of money. I mean, look at the money Adidas and all these people are throwing around for a kid who's possibly 16, 17 years old. They don't know what's going to happen. Rick Pitino was paid seven million and some odd dollars last year. Two million and some odd of that was from Adidas. Yep. I mean, that's a lot. Of, that's more than Jim Beheim's salary at SU. Yeah, Rick Pitino made that's, more off Adidas than Jim Beheim made in it for his salary total. Yeah, and like you said, Adidas is going to be the biggest loser. Um, oh yeah, because so because they're basically saying sponsor, I'll, we'll sponsor your team and give you money, and we'll make sure, and at the same time, we'll make sure that you that recruits come to your school. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, that's essentially what Adidas did. You know, you don't have to worry about it. We'll make sure. So it's not on the coaches; it's on somebody else. So they think they're keeping the NCAA away from it because the coaches in the school is not involved. It just looks like a blind little, oh, yeah, well, Adidas is, Adidas is you know, sponsoring them. They wear Adidas stuff. But behind closed doors, Adidas is doing all the dirty work. And the payments so, were structured in such a way. that's why the FBI got involved. Right, exactly. Because because there's a lot of money. There's laundering of money going on. <laughs> that's, a, that's a federal well, yeah. crime no matter who you, how you do it or what it's involved with. Because they were trying to, they were trying to conceal this money and structured in such a way as to keep it concealed from the NCAA. Uh, for instance, the uh, Bowens family was to receive four installments because they couldn't give it all to him at once and have it show up in a bank. And he was one of the ones that was requesting over $100,000. Um, in cash money, baby. Cash money. <laughs> you know, I read somewhere that one of these coaches that was getting paid was having it put into his wife's bank account or something like that. Dude, this is this is a mess. It is a mess. It's so bad. Yeah. It is so and bad. We're only two days in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, what's gonna come out? You know, in the next months. You know, right before, right before bed, and you know, you know, we kind of snicker about it we make light of it because it's louisville and it's miami and you know bowen he's he's suspended indefinitely dude so yeah I mean, he's suspended that's, indefinitely and the other guy the the other recruit they had is like the number seven point guard overall number 26 player he um decommitted today so um i mean it's gonna have repercussions for recruiting and it's gonna definitely definitely i mean i'm, I'm talking recruiting this year let alone oh, sanctions oh, or whatever did, did whatever comes have, off out of it didn't they have a couple of them cut the ties? Cut their ties with Louisville? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They oh, decommitted. Okay. Yeah. Oh, decommitted. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway, uh, keep an eye on that. That was, you know, oh, oh, my point was, as I was saying, you know, we, we're kind of, we're not giddy about it, but we're kind of making light of it because it's it's in the ACC and it's kind of, you know, it's not SU. But this other makes, good teams in the ACC. Yeah. yeah, exactly, and it just makes it just makes college basketball. It it is what we thought it was. 
Okay, we've talked about it. Last basketball season, we talked about the corruption in the NCAA. Just in general. Just with college basketball in general. And, you know, this is going to expose it. This is going to just expose one one wing of it. One aspect of it. This is just Adidas. I mean, I'm not saying other brands are, are doing that type yeah, of thing. Yeah, well, I'm other brands don't need to do it. No, you know, you're, you're right. Adidas is dying. Adidas we should have known something was fishy. We should have known something was fishy when Adidas sponsored schools were going to the Final Four. <laughs> I mean, that's the way that I look at it. You have Nike, you have all these other teams and there are all these other companies that sponsor these teams, do this cool stuff, and all of a sudden you got Louisville sponsored by Adidas making Final Fours and championships. We should have known something was fishy from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Adidas Adidas was cool back when Umbros were cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This isn't yeah, soccer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um all right, that's that. So, okay. Uh you know, this I guess this is this is going to be I'm going to tiptoe around this best I, I know how, I guess. Um, as far as the NFL goes, everybody's weighing in on the uh, to kneel or not to kneel, uh, knee the people. Um, you know, I guess as this started, as, you know, Colin Kaepernick says he was opposing the, the national anthem and the flag because of police brutality and blah, 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 whatever, and wherever you stand on that, was it the right place? I don't think it was the right place. I think he could have gone about that. If he was wanting to protest police, he could have protested the police, not the flag. I don't really think the flag necessarily represents the police. I think police represent the flag, uh, if at all. But um, from there, it just kind of dominoed. And then, you know... You know, what Donald Trump said, I don't agree with what he said. I think it was a little bit ridiculous. It was kind of fading out, in my opinion, and it was probably on its way out, and um, it wasn't really much yep. in the news anymore. And he brought it back to light, and he brought it back big time. So just just dumb remarks, in my opinion, from, from, from Trump. But if the NFL wants to talk about, on the other hand, they want to talk about unity. Oh, we want to show unity. Is 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 opposing the national anthem, kneeling for the national anthem in the flag, is that going to – that is divisive. That is so divisive. I would bet yeah. the overwhelming majority of Americans look at the backlash the NFL is facing right now just because they, they think it's okay to uh, – they think that that's unity. That is not unity, Joe. That's not unity, nah. and and unity is not calling them sons of bitches either. That's not unity either. So it's I mean, there's so many different takes that you can and, make. Of and this a lot of them, in a lot of them, you can see the you can see perspective in in a lot of them. That's why it's a hard issue yeah. to tiptoe around. For me personally, I don't. I think that it was a spectacle last weekend. I thought it was over the top, uh, ridiculous. In my opinion, it show, did not show unity. Uh, look at what no. look. Just take the Steelers for example. They were trying to be show you unity, and they were just made fools out of themselves. They just made fools out of themselves, the Steelers. And like you don't yeah. know where any of them stand anymore. You got people apologizing for standing for the flag. That should tell you right there that when when uh, Villanueva came out with his apology and said, "I made my team look bad." Well, you made your team look bad because you stood for the national anthem. Ding, 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 ding. Shouldn't that like raise a red flag in everybody's head that, you know, I mean, hello. Yeah. Well, I, I just think I mean he was in special forces officer. He had three tours. He was an Army Ranger um, during. 
Army Ranger, yeah. And um, he, uh, there's no way he's not standing for it. I mean, I'm a veteran, and there's no way I'm never standing for it. I'm not going to let somebody else, you know. But when it came to the teams, they all, most teams wanted to do it 100% or just let people figure out what they wanted to do. And what's, what's bad is that they look at it like it's a peaceful protest because that's really the only time they have to, they get a chance to do it during the game. You know what I mean? And it just happens to inconveniently be during the national anthem. So there's like a catch 22. Right. So what, so what do we do? I mean, do we stop playing the national anthem? Do we stop giving them that, that podium? No, no. Do that because, because my, my opinion is about it is there's a couple of different ways to think about it. I look at it like, it goes way farther than police brutality and all this other stuff. There's other things that are way deeper as far as coming down to church and communities and parenting. I mean, that goes way, way deeper, and I'm not going to get into that. But that type of stuff, you know, people, kids growing up, respecting authority, that kind of stuff, that's way, way deeper. But as far as this stuff goes, I'm, I'm a firm believer of the fact that, and when I said it before, I don't have a public you know, pedestal to stand on and to do stuff like this. But if I do this at work, then I'm going to get fired. And I can't sit there and then turn around and, and, and so, sue my company Joe, for Joe. not allowing me to peacefully protest. So what you're saying is what you're saying is, is the the, the bill of rights, the, con- the constitutional um, right that you have for freedom of speech only counts against the government and not at work. No, I'm not saying, saying that. What I'm saying is that there's a freedom of speech, but there's also no, that, but, actions to your re, a reactions to your actions. That's what I'm saying. Right, what I'm saying right, is that the, if you have to look at the Amendment, business act, that, I know. But what I'm saying is the First Amendment does not cover you at your workplace. The First Amendment is okay. a right guaranteed to you against the government. It's a negative right for the government. If you are right. kneeling on the field, that's sure. That's your right. You want to kneel on the field, okay? Let's just hypothetical here. Colin Kaepernick right. does the first time he kneels. He kneels. The owner of the 49ers says, do that again, you're fired. He says, oh, it's my First Amendment right. No, it's not your First Amendment right because the 49ers are not the government. Right. It's a the, private entity. Exactly. So, yeah. in, 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 and that's kind point, of my point, point with that yeah. is that my point is, is that if you want to go for it, then go for it. But there could be repercussions for your action. And my whole thing is, is that I don't want to turn. I love football. I know. And I don't want to turn it into a circus because you see stuff like. This past week in New England, four fifty for a cup of tap water or a hundred dollars for parking in, in, in LA Chargers. And when you have so many people that think that you are basically standing against the country and everything like that, you're going to lose viewers. I've seen posts, I've seen videos all over the internet of people basically saying, "I'm done, I'm done." Oh, and I when, know. It's overwhelming. At the end of the uh, yeah, exactly. And you have DirecTV offering free refunds to people who don't want to watch football anymore because of the because of the uh, demonstrations. And at the end of the day, when these owners start losing money, guess what's going to happen? When the NFL, they're going to Well, well, yeah, but it's going to start at the owners. Yeah. And when that starts happening, guess what? They're going to start saying, "Well, guess what? You can't do this because you are basically." You know, they pay your the fans pay your salaries. We're not making the fans happy. I'm losing money, so we can't do this anymore. Then what? Then the owners are racist. Then the owners are. Well, they've are, they were already racist for not hiring Colin Kaepernick. Right, exactly, and that's the whole circle of like, when is it going to stop? And all this yeah, stuff is basically that's... turned into the issue is lost. The issue is lost. Everything that Colin Kaepernick was trying to do, it's diluted. Is lost. It's totally diluted. It is just, it is, it is, it's not about, it's not even about what Colin Kaepernick was standing for now. 
It's not about any of that, okay? Talking about a guy that wears a Fidel Castro shirt to a press conference in Miami. You are either spitting in the face of Cuban Americans that 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 made their home in Miami, or you're just that ignorant that you don't understand the history there, okay? Right. So, um, you know, just I think I don't like the guy. I and by, just for the record, I didn't like Colin Kaepernick long before this because he kisses his muscles. Who <laughs> who the hell kisses their own muscles? I mean, you're not Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> you know oh what I'm God. saying? So I, I just got I just got a I just got a couple more things on this. It was controversial when Tim Tebow knelt in prayer. It was totally yep. was that not the same people that are oh, saying yeah. it's their right, it's their right. We're bashing Tim Tebow. They weren't telling me he couldn't do it, but ESPN was all over ESPN. Right. Why are you doing this, man? This is a distraction. This is a distraction. But when it's the other way around, it's okay. Like I, I can't, right. I can't get down with that. So no. apparently, there's a rule in the NFL rule book, and I, I've looked this up the best I could. I've even found it. I even found it at like the Washington Post and stuff. It's a rule found right. on page A62-63 of the league's game operations manual. The, the national anthem must be played prior to every NFL game, and all players must be on the sideline for the uh, national anthem. During the national anthem, players on the field and the bench area should stand at attention, face the flag, hold the helmets in their left hand, refrain from talking. The home team should ensure that the American flag is in good condition. It should be pointed out to players and coaches that we continue to be judged by the public in this area of respect for the flag in our country. Failure to be on the field at the start of the national anthem may result in discipline such as fines, suspensions, and or the forfeiture of a draft choice for violations of the above, including the first offensive offenses. Yeah. That's in the NFL rule book. I guess they, they you know, I, I think it does say that it's enforced by um, discretion, I guess, at their discretion. So, Let's right. just go. Well, through. you know why that was. You know why that was made, right? Well, is it was it because I don't? But it is, I'm going to take a guess and say it's because the because we subsidize the military efforts and stuff at these NFL games from the well, government. Well, the the government paid the NFL money yeah. to show starting to show right. Yeah, to show patriotism and to show that these NFL players look up to the flag and the soldiers and this isn't that for recruiting purposes. So this is all created by the government for money anyway. And NFL is the one that took the money to do it. So exactly. So why aren't they? You know, because before that, the money. everyone stayed in the locker room. Which is okay. Pull the money and let them stay in the locker room. Then is that where we're at? I'm fine with that. I I mean, because my whole point is this. I mean, I've been taught a long time ago that it's not what you do in front of the cameras or in front of a big huge crowd. It's what you do behind closed doors. It's what you do when nobody's watching. That. That, that makes you who you are as far as a man and your values and your morals and everything like that. So, like I said, it's easy to be to conveniently, you know, kneel down for two minutes during the national anthem because that's the flavor of the month. But at the end of the day, what are you doing? What are you doing outside in the community and this, this, and that? And don't give me this bull crap of, well, that's not where they have the podium. That's not where you have TMZ following these guys out the nightclubs oh, and everything yeah. like that. You get yeah, a group yeah, of people, yeah. you get a group of NFL athletes out doing a peaceful protest somewhere. The media is going to be there and it's going to be just as big as it would be at a post game press conference or on the sidelines for two minutes during the national anthem. There's so, no doubt. Neon, Neon on the sidelines has not saved one life. It hasn't helped. One family, it hasn't fed one mouth, it hasn't done anything. All it has done is create friction and division between Americans who is a black and white issue for them. 
Okay. Yeah. So, and it's not political either. My mom's not political, and she's disgusted by it. So. Oh yeah. There's that. Now, just a just a couple more things. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, last year, the Dallas Cowboys wanted to put a decal on their helmet honoring police policemen from their district in Dallas. Dallas police officers that were gunned down. Five of them. They told them no. They couldn't do that. The NFL barred it. They also banned the Tennessee Titans linebacker from honoring 9-11 victims. Told him he couldn't do that. Uh, find Robert Griffin, uh, Robert Griffin Jr. Robert Griffin III, $10,000 for wearing a t-shirt at a press conference that said Operation Patience because it was a Reebok shirt and not a Nike shirt. He also yep. got in trouble for wearing a No Jesus, No Peace shirt and a K-N-O-W. Uh, the NFL has banned players from wearing Beats headphones on the field. The Steelers, uh, William Gay was fined for wearing public uh, purple cleats. Oh, here's a great one. Wearing purple cleats, which he did to raise awareness for dis- domestic violence, an issue Goodell yeah. claims, you know, the league takes seriously. So, you know, then we talked about uh-huh. talked about the... Oh, there's, uh, and there's no taunting and there's no celebration and that's all just, I mean, it's all crap. It's all crap. Like I said, they're what whatever the flavor of the month is, whatever exactly. you're gonna do to the keep you. The history of now, the history of now. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's as soon as it hits the owners' pockets, let's see what song they're gonna sing. Excuse my French. <laughs> so, um, well, I I mean I I hate to uh, make the Cuse Nation podcast, um, I guess political, but the the we it wouldn't have to be if. Uh, there wasn't politics, there's, sports constantly. There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. I can't even watch ESPN anymore. So much politics in it. It's absurd. No, well, that's why they laid off hundreds of employees. You think so keep going, ESPN. You'd think they'd learn. Yeah. And they, and they, yeah, and they we'll haven't. So, anyway, obviously something both of us are passionate about. Uh, we will, you know, obviously not something we want to talk about in the Q-Station podcast. So, if... Uh, not every week. If people would stop being stupid, that'd be awesome. And, and and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about players kneeling. I'm talking about people injecting no. politics into sports constantly. I want to be entertained. I turned into no, and no, and I definitely, I don't want to double down on the fact that I do 100% agree with what they're protesting. It's within the way that they're doing it. Exactly. And the fact that there's not going to be repercussions off of this is 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 I, I'm I love sports. I love working all week, coming home. Watching the NFL on the Sundays, relaxing, and I just feel like I feel like this is just kind of a big spectacle. I'm not saying you. I don't. It took it takes it res- away from you, man. I was so exactly. frustrated watching in between games last week. It was so frustrating. That's all they talked about. They barely talked about the games. Well, again, because you because you, you can already see what's going to happen next. Fans are going to stop going, and then owners are going to tell them what they can and cannot do, and they're going to lay down the law. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be another uproar, and it's going to be the NFL players versus the owners. Yep, and you, well, can, you can see it, you can see it a mile away. Yep, and at exactly. the end of the day, I love watching the NFL, and I just don't want this to ruin it. That's all. Exactly. If you want to protest, I agree with it. Go out and protest in the right way. But you I know, agree with some keep of it out it. of the workplace. I agree with some of it. I don't agree with everything because I don't think everything's true. But um, you're right. You know, if you want unity, you want people backing you, then, you know, there's a time and a place. Like Joe said, TMZ will follow you. Like their Facebook page. Okay? <laughs> they're, I mean, they have ridiculous stuff on TMZ constantly from everybody. Oh, yeah. Everybody. And they're great, by the way. Yeah. 
TMZ does a great job. Yeah. It, it's 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 better than it's better than almost any sports outlet on social media. Because it's instant. Right. They got like cameras said, you, and everything these, there these, right away. Bam. Well, these players can't I mean, people can't pretend like these players aren't going to be on camera when they're just when it's not like the national anthem. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't matter if they go and they get something together, then then the media is going to be there and people are going to see it just like on NFL Sunday. Exactly. So, all right. So, well, hopefully we can talk about the games of the NFL next week. I'm kind of glad we didn't discuss games this week, actually. <laughs> God, that 61 yard field goal broke my heart. Oh my gosh, <laughs> longest ever. It uh, was that Lincoln, Dude, Lincoln Financial. Crazy. It's Lincoln Financial, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, they had Carson Wentz mic'd up, and he said that he was going to give the kicker on the sideline before the kick. said he's going to give the kicker his game check if he makes this. So, oh, really? Pretty sure. He's yeah, I'm pretty sure too. that the kicker got $32,000 for that kick from Carson Wentz. <laughs> Either way. That's awesome. The Giants fan 0 3 is brutal, and I didn't think he had a chance of making it. But Yeah, well, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think he had a chance of making it. Forgettable Sunday night for you as well. <laughs> yeah, I watched in my game till halftime, so I was sick of watching <laughs> Derek Carr. Watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, laugh it up. I was sick of watching Derek Carr <laughs> peel himself up off the off the field, and uh, it made me sad. And to be honest with you, I was really sad. My wife was quiet, and when my wife's really quiet when I'm watching football, then I must be showing it must show in my face. So that's all I can yeah. say about that. Um, well, all right. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. If you stuck all the way through all that. Uh, episode 30 in the books for Joe. I am Sean Cuse Nation. We are out. Episode 31 next week. Later. Peace. You just heard the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. JJ has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. 
Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 